Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Get your podcasts for free 99. We're back. We're live. We're here to talk about sports. I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's a sports podcast. They must be doing an hour on the NBA draft. How dare you? How dare you think such things of me? No, no, no. If I was doing the NBA draft, I wouldn't have the man I've gone on right now. That's right. We've got Rich Fan from BW Torch. How are you, Rich? Good. Yeah, I, I could talk for maybe like five minutes about the NBA draft. Not five. <laughs> I could talk about Big Vinny. I could talk about Please. Miller. I could talk about uh, the fact mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan's going to be, you know, finally that man gets to make a little money in this business. And then I'd have to kind of trail off and like, okay, what Latvian dude is going to show up at like the 45th pick? Well, that's and that's what college basketball has already turned into. They've gotten rid of and and we could sit here and I could sit here for an hour and decry the the state of college basketball. But I don't know any of these players. I don't care about these players. Brandon Miller fell down my personal board today when he said that Paul George is all time goat, not LeBron James. I'm like, Paul, Paul George, Indiana and or Clippers, Paul George. So I'm, I, I've lost touch with the kids. You're better than me. You're in touch with the kids. Will you talk to me just really quickly? What is the vibe in a high school football team like these days? What I know you, you know, every kids are out, every group of kids is outstanding and different, but in your life, like, as I welcome my son to this world, what should I be looking forward to? What's changed since our time in the locker room? Oh my God. I think, <laughs> and it's funny. I have a kid right now who's a junior. And I remember 10 years ago when he was my ball boy and he was, he was, yeah, I'm at that point now. And he doesn't remember it, but I do. Yeah. Cause I told him, I was like, I was like, I remember you were out here with your brother and your brother was doing something on the field and you were the water boy. And I told you to bring water out. You were too busy joking with the cheerleaders and you missed it. And so everyone's like, Get out there. And he turns around. And he's like sheepish and he's crying all over the place. He's like, yeah, I was like that. Like, that's the thing. The difference between that sheepish kid 10 years later. Now he's a junior. He looks around to all of his friends. He's like, yeah, I'm like that. I was like, you're like what? Like, you're, you're taking credit. <laughs> what? Like, so that's the thing. It is this level of unmitigated self-confidence and gall that is beyond anything we could have imagined. Like, we were yes sir, no sir. Let's do this play. Yeah. These dudes are showing up. They get five catches. I'm looking on huddle, and each one of those catches is a star as far as a highlight. I was like, all right, oh man, come on gosh. now. So do the, do the kids, when they come in, and this is one thing I loved about sports was, like, you go to a locker room, and you're going to have a vet. Patrick Beverly was on his podcast talking about hanging out with UD when he got to Miami. That was his vet. When you're in high school, I think it's even more prevalent because everyone's at 17 and thinks they know everything already. So, and, like, when I was in college, like, my vet – my vet in college is my running back, Rashad Biggers. He, uh, he's actually coming down for the baby shower this weekend. Um, but he taught me things that have stuck with me today. If I go to an open bar, I'll go early, give the bartender a 20, and I'll have my drinks faster all night because he taught me that because he was my vet when I was in college. Are the kids taking the ownership of that vet role still? Some are, some aren't. I mean, from an on-field perspective, look for a lineman. A lineman's going to lead the way in terms of being a leader. Quarterback, you know, every now and again, that's always the assumption. People see Friday Night Lights and they think. But a lot of it's going to be like right now, one of our biggest leaders is a junior running back slash safety. 
and his brother was quarterback last year, and it couldn't be two different people. And he just shows up. He's not a man of big words, but when he does talk, especially because it's like everyone's seen every sports movie in creation. And so right. you want to have these big speeches, and it's like a Wednesday in June. So you're just like, all right, guys, we just uh, – uh, I just want you guys to do so good today. Just team <laughs> on six, family on 30, and it's like, all right, what you mean? Say, like, all right, all right, all right, I, I got it, I got it. Just do the best you can today. That's all we can do. And then everyone just – like, I'm, I'm like stone-faced. The kids just nod sagely, and they move on. Now, on the off-field stuff, we have a couple of kids that are leaders – in which, like, you know, every now and again, you'll have the kids who want to get in a fight. You have the kids who want to do silly yeah. things. They'll pull them to the side and be like, look, first of all, if you're going to get in a fight, don't be stupid enough to put it on YouTube or Instagram Live. Second of all, yeah. See, why are you getting in a fight? Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's still there. And, and, and funny enough, the kid who did that is 15, so he's a sophomore in terms of – so the vets have inverted. That's the other thing. Like, a lot of times, just because you're seniority doesn't mean necessarily that you've got the, the veteran knowledge. Like, snacks or nose tackles, 15. And he's like – he sent me a happy Father's Day text. And he was just like, I'm just going through my list today, coach, just trying to find all the fathers. I want to show some appreciation. Who does that at 15? Like, my son's 11, and I can't keep that kid to keep the seat down. And this dude's coming through. He's a 6'3", 315-pound nose tackle at age 15, who's probably – at some point you're going to see him in the NFL embarrassing uh, probably Patrick Mahomes, and I'm just going to regret it. But it's going to be like, I know that kid. Um, but that You'd sort of thing is really cool. You'd be amazed at what changes from 11 to 15, man. Like, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a ride for you. I'm excited for you. But, like, I wanted to ask you these questions because you know locker rooms. You've been in locker rooms. And I, everyone's talking about trading Zion or benching John. Those guys just needed vets, man. They needed a Udonis Haslam, someone to pull their coat and say, hey, young buck, we can't do X, Y, and Z, and you especially can't do it on camera. Listen, I watch, uh, and I know as much as he complains about it, I love magic, but one of the first things I took away from winning time with all the dramatics was the importance of seeing magic listen to the vets and the people he had to listen to. I think right now, Ja, uh, and I saw a couple of folks mention this, like punishment isn't always going to give you, and you see that with kids. I see that with kids all the time. Punishment doesn't give you the result. It just gives you what you want to see before you're out of the room. There has to be someone to put that arm around. Zion, everyone made the jokes when he went to New Orleans about, hey, he's going to eat his way out of the league. This is a bad spot for him. No one made the conscious decision in that front office. Let's find somebody who is a make, like, not every vet's going to be Kobe. But you can find – I'm trying to think of a good comparison of a vet that worked his way into shape later in his career to kind of show him, like, hey, follow my path. Or even have Shaq put his arm around him and like, listen, young blow, when I was younger, I murdered people. As I got older, I earned the right to be the guy that couldn't really move that much because I had people around me to generate that movement. His name was Dwayne Wade. See, Dwayne, he's a pretty cool guy. Like, that's what you need. When you're at this age, you need to be the guy generating movement. And – you don't have that. And then coaches, I think a lot of times these coaches are like a, a lot of movement off the field. Yes. I mean, yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. And that's the other thing. You talked about vets. You need somebody to pull you to the side and say, let's get some NDAs. Let's uh, maybe let's be a little bit more judicious with whom you decide to spend your time. And if you are going to spend your time, like, listen, you can't be, you can't have your ex on like, 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 
you know, like this is the only time you satisfied me, and that's up there. Like you're on Summer Jam for nothing. Like why, you're just catching unnecessary is, L's. Why has not? Why has everyone not been paid before I go to the baby shower? Why is that? Right. Why has not everyone who could possibly ruin this for me not been paid before I show up in the Burberry shirt? Mm-hmm. It's like Michael. It's like Michael Miami. during the christening. It's Michael during the christening <laughs> in the in the Godfather. Like you are you are going to like you go to the baby shower. Meanwhile, that's going on. People getting paid off. People getting run up on. Like you I need know, to get just, this sorted. It needs to be wire transfers and signed NDAs and call it a day. Yep. Got this young lady ruining his day every day, twice a day. Talking about I'm gonna release these videos, ma'am. That's the other thing with this generation. Now, this is the old man podcast now. Yep. Is that where does she think the win is? What's what's the end goal of what she's doing right now? Because I'm like, look, I'm just old. I think I'm out of touch. I think I'm old. Another way I know I'm old is that we saw this week with the uh, Bradley Beal trade to Phoenix. We got to see Chris Paul complete the washed up guards Bermuda Triangle. What's that triangle, my friends? Washington, Houston, the Clippers. It's happened to John Wall. It's happened to Rose Westbrook. Chris Paul completed his trifecta this week. Come on down, Chris Paul. Who would have thought that this is how it would And the thing is, it's not over. He's not going to play for Washington. He wants to get bought out. His priorities, of course, are winning one, but being on the West Coast, too. Do we see him return to the Clippers? Maybe. People are talking about the Lakers. That's all well and good. But for me, the funniest thing has been that these three cities have been the landing spot for guard whose contract is unwieldy. Listen, I would love for him to go to the Lakers so we can have basketball reasons redux. And just, just, <laughs> it's like, oh, now you'll let him come over, right? Oh, now it's cool. Like before, y'all would say this is, a, this is out of line, but now all of a sudden, this dude could show up. And I want, I want to see LeBron look at him and him look at LeBron and just figure out, like, what is this? What are we doing? Why are we here? I, I think it would end up like LeBron and Wade in Cleveland, where it just kind of quietly they got rid of Wade. Mm-hmm. Like, this now, isn't going to work about, for me. I feel like LeBron right now is Dr. Manhattan. He is fed up with these kids, these coaches talking crap on. Like, his guy, when he got fired, first person to show up was LeBron. Now we get into parades. We're getting into interviews. Shots at LeBron. See, I think that's like, more playful. Uh, I think that's more playful than we think it is. Okay. Because of how heavy LeBron went for him when he got fired, because he stood up so like he this isn't someone who he ran into along the path. This is someone who he feels contributed heavily to his career. Like I think this is love. I, I know it's more fun for it not to be love. It's way more fun mm -hmm. for it not to be love. But I think this might be love because again, athletes. This is how you this is how you show appreciation and love. You roast your friends. This is why when I play when Georgia plays Florida, all my Florida friends turn their phones off because they know they're about to hear some talk. And so I, that one I kind of like. I want to see him go to L.A. honestly, just so L.A. doesn't have to pay D'Angelo Russell because <laughs> again they need a point guard. But hey, D'Lo, I'm sorry, man. It was a great run till it wasn't. That's. Man, that, 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 I mean, he's got to be like every time, like he's just got to be kicking <laughs> something like every single time. Like right when I think I'm in self-sabotage. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I got you sad. on here. I got you out here. I wouldn't have you on for one thing to talk about wrestling. 
I want to talk about first, I want to talk about two big topics. We'll get to the more granular AEW of it all because we're recording before the dynamite before Forbidden Door. So let's talk about the other side of the tracks, the WWE and the greatest storyline in the history of professional wrestling. Rich, oh. I'll be honest with you. I am an older man now. I don't have all the time and bandwidth in the world for myself. So sometimes I just catch Friday Night SmackDown via social clips. I caught this one live. I made sure about 20 minutes left. I was like, 20 minutes left, let me sit down with this remote and put this bad boy down and see what they're about to deliver to me. And my new comeback, people always, you know, you talk about wrestling, oh, you know, that stuff's fake. My retort now is, did you think the dragons and House and, and, and Game of Thrones were real? Hmm. They don't have a reply to that. Like, it's, it's very much theater in the round. It is soap opera for men, whatever you want to call it. But what Roman, the Usos, and Paul Heyman have created over the course of the last three years now? Mm-hmm. It's mind-boggling, the depth and care of presentation. And I just kind of want to ask, like, am I am I a prisoner of the momenting? Or is this legitimately one of the best thought-out three-year runs? Not just a story, but a three-year story where, like, NWO literally became the Ouroboros of, like, the snake eating its own tail. Like, you watched it happen. That wasn't the story they were going for. It's the story we got. Uh, DX is, is is more nostalgic act than anything else in one singular story. Maybe we look at like the corporate corporation stuff with Steve Austin, but even that was like a hot 18 months. This has been 36 months of focused, concerted storytelling, and could it have happened if it didn't start in the pandemic era? Listen, you talked about the idea that this is a theater of the round. That was the first place I went. You had a man in the middle of wrestling matches giving soliloquies. Like he's punching his cousins like, you know, I didn't want to have to do this. This is like a cut scene from a good RPG. This is an anime made real. This is whatever entertainment we needed during a pandemic. And you fast yeah. forward and Friday night, we get Jay, first of all, using the real name like Joshua. You got to be more like Jimmy. Joshua, you got to be in. A, you got to be most likely to succeed. But you heard the angst. And then you get the sell by Roman. And the one thing I loved about it was, I, I mentioned this to Wade yesterday when we did everything. You have Roman, Solo, Jimmy and Jay with Paul Heyman. No egos, all family, all with a duty to that family to do them right and the people who went before them. And so when Roman sells that, the, the best he's ever sold anything, He's paying respect not only to his cousins, who he sees his brothers, much like Chavo and Eddie back in the day, but he's also paying respect to his dad, his uncles, high chief, his cousin. And when they start wrestling, there is no agenda. There's no, hey, brother, we'll, we'll talk about the other company. There's agendas for days over there. There's no, hey, brother, brother, there's something wrong with I, This isn't going to work for me. This is, how can I make you eat so when I leave, you guys are better and the family's better off? Paul Heyman. He's gone full circle in his career from the guy photographing the wild Samoans to being in the photo that establishes the next generation of Samoan superstars for WWE. It's mad. It's, it's, as much as I want to be, like you said, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't want to be either. But this has been done in an unprecedented situation. We've never had a global pandemic where millions of people died. We never had people looking at entertainment in a way like we did where you watching screens. It was a Black Mirror episode we lived mm -hmm. through. And these were the guys that kept sanity 
and I, the level up that Roman had in his dramatic interpretation of his character, the way he established himself in the ring, the confidence that he now extolled to both his cousins and his youngest cousin, who's a dude who just came out. He's the best product NXT's created in like three generations, and we don't hear a word from him. So we know when we do, it's going to be magnificent. That's all. That's that's that's, that's, that's presumably the moment. The 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 PC gave us Roman. The PC gave us Bianca Belair. Gave us Charlotte. Let's. Well, no, no. I said from this generation because we're in generation three or four. Oh, you're good. If you compare, if you compare, um, like look at uh Austin Theory to Solo. Who would you rather be? Who with all the titles (laughs) and all? Who would you rather have? What position would you rather be in? It's a very good point. It's not very, it's not very nice to Mr. Theory, but I, I'd say that's their fault more than anyone else's. I mean, eight count. Like, listen, at the end of the day, I think uh, uh, if when the bloodline breaks up, Heyman probably will see him as the next Heyman guy that he wants to build up because he likes taking Vince's broken toys, much like we talk about with comics. He likes going in the toy chest. He's like, okay, this one's broken, this one's broken, this one's broken. Let's rock. Aren't we done with? Can he? So if he did that, he'd be apparently the fourth person to try to fix Austin Theory. Maybe we were just wrong about Austin Theory. I mean, any dude like I, I always talk the story when I saw him in the Indies and I asked why you have unproven on your tights when your name is Austin Theory. He's like, well, it's a theory. It's not proven. You you can't prove who I am. It's like, all right, all right, man. I need so something he's, stronger out of your presentation, buddy. Um, but let's stick with the, the bigger story, the story that's captivating yeah. millions across the globe. Let's stay with the bloodline. Uh, who would you let's 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 just do this really quickly. Romans hit the big notes better than anyone else in the world. Roman has hit the 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 like you said, the sell for Sammy at Rumble, or yeah, Rumble, the sell for uh Jay on Friday. Beautiful stuff. Jay has set been the supporting character. He's had the biggest range of emotions. But I'd say that the real kind of the 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 thing that's stirring the soup, if you will, Jimmy Uso's performance is like this understated. He's had to be a bit more subtle than Jay, but he's carried it all throughout. And I've been really interested to hear, like as someone like you, as a historian of this stuff, what where do you see them going from here? Because like we're getting the match in two weeks in London, mm-hmm. the Bloodline Civil War. I've got my own booking prediction for that. How do you feel that's going to shake out and lead us into the summer and fall? I think it's going to shake out with uh, the continued fall of the house of the bloodline, uh, ultimately leading into Roman being left alone. And that's the moment he loses his title. Up until this point, I've been a big fan of Cody. I still remain a fan of Cody being the guy to take it. But I feel like there's there's a spot for Jay now. I feel like Jay can beat Austin Theory for the U.S. title and start that ascension, much like we saw in the 80s and 90s, the guys with the Intercontinental title or over in WCW with the U.S. title, proven that they can be there. He's already been main event Uso. He's already main event at pay-per-views. And now we just need to see him as an independent, as a solo guy, no no pun intended. And I think with Heyman helping shape that in the back, they can be a group, eventually the the brothers, uh, Solo, Jimmy and Jay, that looks out for each other without always having to be like basically a babyface version of the bloodline. And they okay, can so do that. And each of those guys can, or the shield, like that would be to right. me the greatest yeah, gift. Yeah, Romans yeah. created his shield and he's now allowed them to, to surpass him. I, I gotta be honest. I hadn't really considered the longer term ramifications for me. I'm looking at, I think it's July 1st is the pay-per-view or PLE or whatever they yep. want to call them now. 
the first person to pin Roman Reigns in the main roster is Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. It was a tag match, Usos versus Shield on Raw. He hasn't been pinned since long before this character change. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be poetic as all hell if Jey Uso puts some shoulders down on that Saturday? One, two, three, and then we tie it back to whoever wins the money in the bank. What's interesting to me is that no one in that money in the bank's field has ever won a world title. And mm-hmm. we've reached a point with this bloodline story where you may not need the belt. Right. And so there's a real opportunity to, again, maybe it's just fantasy book and just kind of like, oh my God, look at all the opportunity. But for me, that's a quality of the storytelling that they've led us to is that nothing's beyond the pale. Anything can literally happen now. And I think that's where the, the sweet spot of the story has been. Yeah. And, and, and I look at that field. I talked about it on the men's side. I, I think you look at Paul, he makes a lot of sense, especially for the notoriety with the contracts coming up with TV. Uh, if they aren't comfortable with the way that LA Knights kind of blossomed outside of dealing with Bray Wyatt, like he did, he did his best rock impersonation. I, he did the best rock impersonation I've seen in years. And it Ricky was just, Starks it was great. Ricky Starks is online when he's furious, but he's, you're also right. And that's the thing. It's going to be, I, I, I joked about this uh, over at the torch and LA Knight, best thing to happen to him is he wins money in the bank. Seth Rollins is on his DDP 1998 recovery tour where everything's taped up and he's just trying to survive. He loses. And then by the time we get to December, Ricky Starks is out of contract in AEW. And he's the furious guy. And congratulations, we've just recreated an NWA storyline from a pay-per-view yes, probably 10 people saw. <laughs> but somewhere, somewhere, somehow, uh, Ms., Mr. Corbin, uh, Ms., uh, Billy is just punching air. And he's probably going to tweet about the fact, well, y'all could have seen this on YouTube. It's like, yeah, man, we're seeing it on TV with 2 million people. Chill. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save us all my opinions on Billy Corgan and uh, – why you should why being rich doesn't make you smart see also people underwater um let's go now to the distinguished competition all elite wrestling they cannot be going to forbidden door with four matches so we have to assume things are going to happen tonight um mm-hmm. i want to ask you directly something we haven't talked about collisions happened it's coming when yeah. the first episode's in the back let's start talking about that promo that punk gave what I missed the beginning of Collision, I'll be honest. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about some of the problems that are going to arise in the coming months in a second. But I have seen the promo after I saw the reactions online of, oh, Punk's back, look at the flamethrower. Am I wrong to be nonplussed by it? Am I, wrong? Am, am I so detached and so kind of antagonistic towards this entire idea that I've become poisoned to what I thought was a pretty – standard color by numbers punk promo i think for him in that company a paint by numbers promo gets mass massively like uh exacerbated and and so like for me i saw that and i'm like this is pre-straight age society even down to the haircut and him Mm -hmm. uh taking the logo off and speaking out of the mic and his new catchphrase which is a very jake roberts circa 89 90 uh tell me when i'm telling lies and then he proceeds to lie about like several things like (laughs) <laughs> we can't talk about AEW until we talk about the fact when he says he's uh, 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 
what did what did he say? Billion, uh, Bill, what did he call himself again? Um, Counterfeit bucks. One one bill Phil. One bill Phil. So the the when you say stop me if I'm telling lies, you already told the lie because if you are to believe the man who called you one bill Phil, the movie that just bombed out of existence this weekend was supposed to cover all of the television and executive firings and curtailing and crushing of T Turner classic movies he just did this past week, and that didn't happen. So if he's saying you're going to generate a billion dollars for him, I can't trust anything else you're saying because nothing coming out of Warner Brothers seems to be working right now. And so for me, it felt like, and this is not, it was a fine promo, but it Mm -hmm. felt like the Cena return promo. Until you prove that you could take this spot from me, I'm gonna keep saying like, is that shit? It was like, what? Well, he's and Cena now. Like, You're right, Palm. He turned into John Cena. Like, when did this happen? When did he become? You can't see me because, like, for me, and I guess this is part of the problem I've had with his return to professional wrestling is that he was the voice of the voices, right? He was the voice of the people. Well, this is the explicit, this is the explicit generation of the people's will that he thought he was talking to, and he's called their their principles. Uh, people who couldn't manage a target. He's done. He's struck people <laughs> like. However you feel about however the situation has been reported, we do know for a fact he struck his his bosses. He hit his yep. bosses. And I don't give a shit when people are like, oh, it's professional wrestling. It's the carnival. Well, either it's the carnival or we got HR. You cannot have it both ways. If we got HR and you hit your boss, and your rewards another television show. So let's let me talk to you now about the conceit of collision. I watched the whole program. Good night of professional wrestling featuring some professional wrestlers who like to watch professionally wrestle. Very mwah, chef's kids in ring stuff. Rich, you're smarter than me on this stuff. I got to ask you a question that sounds like an insult towards the product, but it's not. It's a legitimate question. Why the hell would I turn it on next week? I think the first thing would be who's going to show up, especially okay. leading into Forbidden Door. That's going to be the biggest because Rampage has already been shown to be kind of like, hey, guys, we just got to do this. So, like, you can watch, don't watch. But after they got the rating they did for Saturday, they got 813,000 folks watching. There is going to be now. (laughs) It's very funny. You mentioned this, Paul. You, You talk about the bosses. The ironic thing is for all the passive aggression of the Bucks and everything else, I don't think they ever saw coming that they would have a shadow government within their own company it's that they're ridiculous. now actively competing against. Because it's, now instead of it being WWE and NXT, it's going to be what did Dynamite do? What did Collision do? Rich, Rich. I can't believe this is happening. Like I, I'm still aghast of all of it. I'm just aghast. But if the sell of your show is that here are our problem children who we couldn't trust to have backstage on Wednesdays, like if that's yep. the sell, how long is that eight thirteen gonna hold? Well, look what happened this week. So tonight on Dynamite, Punk is most likely gonna be on it. And the Chicago. elite, yep, the elite by order of their boss are not. Can I right before right, pay per view so where they have matches? So so here's the thing. They like don't have that. Oh, they don't have them. Do the Bucks have a match? Not yet. Omega does. Does Hanger have we a can match? Get no. Here, okay. Here's the thing. So it's just here's kidding. the thing with the elite. 
with oh, because it's just those three. It's Hangman's still gonna be there. The uh, which is still funny to me because I'm a child. Yeah. It, and, and and for me it's hilarious because you talked about like the boss. That's cool. But when you talk about Brandon Cutler and you talk about Hangman Page, those dudes ain't your boss. Those are dudes who are cool with the boss who were okay saying stuff out the side of their mouths and your big boss let that stuff slide. You 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 played football far higher than better than I did. You know if there's a dude that's slipping on the offensive line and he's getting away with it because he's the coach's son, there are some hard feelings. But the little toady JV kid who wants to say something to you during scout, that dude's gonna get the pay. You might not get that other kid. That other kid's going, but they he, they're protected too. Brandon Cutler's tweeting like a maniac, saying stupid stuff, and bringing it back to so, your original so let question. Me ask you the next question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is me going deep in my um in my tinfoil hat bag. What are the odds we're all being worked? What are the odds they've already agreed to work this program and all in? What are the odds that everything we're seeing right now is an elaborate work to get us to the six man at all in? I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good okay. chance, just like so, everything that happened with MJF, where it went the from. Thing you and like, I always say, if they show it on TV, you're supposed to see it. Yep. Like and there the, was, the one happened, thing they took off TV was when Punk left, like they kept the counterfeit bucks. When he left, he said, I don't chase stars. I am a star. When you watch the replay, they removed that from him going up the aisle. And so maybe that was something where they didn't like the Uncle Dave shot and they had to remove it. But that was it. Everything else stayed on. So if he got a green light from his boss, he got a green light from them through his boss. Why am I mad? That's 100%. 100%. So I want to enter in the idea that we're all being worked, that there is not going to be a true bland split as we're, as, as Tony keeps saying, there isn't going to be one. There is going to be one. The other side of we're all being worked is punks being worked like a speed bag. Let me make a case for you. The year is 1989. It's the last time Saturday Wrestling Primetime has actually worked. The year is the mid-2000s. They try it again with legitimate stars like The Rock. It doesn't work. We're about to leave the biggest pay-per-view in the history of the company, headed into going head-to-head with college football Saturday nights. College football is a billion-dollar industry, and those other companies – and guess what? None of them are on Warner Brothers products. None of them. You think they're going to take a threat laying down? I am uh, – like, if I were even a little more cynical, I would think they're setting up CM Punk to fail and fall on his face. Because the ratings numbers that we're going to tout this month, holla at me in September. When you're going up against SEC and I guess Big Ten football, whatever. I'm sure someone watches it. You got to air quote that. Big Ten. (laughs) I don't believe it exists. But it's a Ponzi scheme people tend to watch. But it's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm putting you up against Raw, an established brand. Bro, you're collision. You're not even coming on at 6.05. You're deciding to dance at 8 p.m. That's a lot of faith to put in to Phil and his island of misfit toys. I think the alternative, though, Palm, is you have that island being paid to sit at home because that's the issue. Like we've talked about Phil, but everybody else on that show is it's on site to somebody else on Wednesday nights. 
which is a bigger problem about the company as a whole. Why are we running this like this? Why is there not an HR? Like, what is happening here? Well, that's the best part because you have like my favorite is is Andrade because Andrade shows up and he's the ultimate wife guy. Him and and him and Buddy are doing like, hey, look how much I love my lady, doing the finisher. And meanwhile, everybody else is like, hey, Sammy, congrats on the baby. Like, you know, you oh. all expecting a beautiful like, hey, congrats on the baby. Everybody else is at at the table eating cake. He's walking up and he's gonna slap that man across the face. He's like, I told you I would. Told you next time I see you, I'm slapping you. We touted AEW when it was like announced. There are a lot of things that happened mm-hmm. that were announced that never happened, like healthcare for everyone. That was a lie, Cody. Yeah. Um, but it was touted as a worker-friendly environment, p- position to take wrestling to the new new century. And they're treating this shit like 1983 Crockett promotions. Like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like. And All you need is Tully to like throw some some uh, cocaine in somebody's car and have no a cop one's pick them up. A, I take it back. Glock Anderson. I was <laughs> <laughs> armed with the burner. I forgot. I was like, well, no one's drawn a pistol yet. I take it back. It happened on television. So <laughs> he just bit like, a dude's thumb off in storyline. Rich, if this is is the future just the past, is the future just the past with one guy paying? Because the more and more I tease out what's happened here, the more and more I like look at what's going on, the more and more the reports are that certain members of the management team have not re-signed their contracts. Mm-hmm. Did they just find a money mark and take him for a ride? Is AEW oh. going to be a thing that like like okay cool maybe just maybe you hold on to everyone but hooks coming up and you know guess what if I'm Taz and the E calls I'm telling my sign my son to sign mm-hmm. if I'm Ricky Starks and I got to look at the landscape and we've got a separate show not for creative reasons because these motherfuckers can't get along mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to go somewhere more professional like when Regal left he didn't do many interviews but one of the things he said was it was not a very professionally run organization. Yeah. And it's one thing to say, oh, look at the money backing us. It's another thing to say, we're a big business that's going to be here for a while. And nothing I've seen out of the leadership of AEW in the last, call it 10 months, has told me anything beyond, oh, Tony Khan's getting to play with all his toys. Yeah. I mean, the biggest issue you talk about is the fact that CM Punk is his favorite pro wrestler. And so that blind spot's going to be an issue that maintains. It's fine for that to be true. Punk can't know it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you can't be like, this guy, this is my guy. He can't know it. (laughs) It's a very Jerry Jones, Cowboys situation. Very much. With Tony Romo, where, like, they had Dak Prescott, and we can get into Dak Prescott anytime you want. But when when they wanted to make that – Tony, I think – Jerry had more apathy towards, I'm not apathy, more sympathy and empathy towards Tony Romo than he did if one of his own kids were in the hospital. He said, we got to do this right, y'all. Like, we can't, we can't do Tony like this. He, he deserved better. And with Tony Khan, you have, like you mentioned, is it a money mark? I don't think it is, but I do think it's a guy who has an absurd amount of money, solid television, and even if the Bucks and Kenny leave, a solid enough now fan base that tried to live off of we're not WWE, but the dirty secret is the longer this company's gone on, you got the same problems that WWE had with Brett and Sean and the click or with Austin 
and the management when they wanted him to lose to to Brock unannounced just to kind of see how Weirland he's doing going to do business because Jericho you know Wade always report like Jericho's the guy that's in the bar Jericho's the guy that Tony goes to his hotel room and discuss stuff same thing with Danielson those are great wrestlers those are you know guys whose uh, records can't be impugned and as record probably for one of them want to be checked on January 6th but that is a conversation for another night uh, but those guys have their pelts on the wall these other dudes don't like you said as much as hangman and the bucks and kennedy and all these other guys want to talk about how they created this company the saturday folks are folks you got a dude who rode a tank in the levi stadium and at one point was one of the biggest stars in the sport you got a guy who was one of the biggest stars in mexico went learned english is married to one of the biggest scions in turn like these people that and that's the issue i think tony's running into one side has egos because they earned it. They came up through the streets. The other side have egos because everywhere they've been, they've been the best. And that is a bad, like with any, this is like uh, a good example of, of everybody. The Disney version's one thing, but like the real life version's another. Uh, remember the Titans? Here in Pittsburgh, yeah. we had a team, uh, uh, what is it, McKees? No, what was it? It was uh, Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills was the last basically desegregated high school in the United States in 1988 or something like that, because it was all these school districts that were predominantly black and then one uh, Turtle Creek that was predominantly white. And when they merged them together, it was on the news and all this stuff. Yet five of everyone. So it was worse than remember the Titans. You had five quarterbacks, five, run, et cetera. They kept winning. And so it wasn't a problem. Whenever it was a problem, the first thing would be, well, these guys don't know an offense. They're just playing athletic. And then the, the code stuff. Same thing yeah. here. You got one side that's been crazy athletic doing that thing and another side that has been maligned and waiting for their shot. And they're just now they're not mixing. And for Tony, there needs to be, you know, come to insert the person you or do not observe. Like come to Jesus moment, come to whatever you want to call it moment where you have to say, I'm cutting these checks. You having an issue with you messes with me. And that messes with everybody. Because the alternative is, if this goes down because of the pettiness, you've now just given Vince even more of a hammer to bang the rest of talent with. And you don't need that before that man is about to merge and create the uh, devastator of wrestling slash entertainment with Endeavor. Like, you don't need that in your life. I don't need Unicron McMahon coming through just munching on everything we got like i don't need espn telling me i could watch a ufc fight for 79 bucks or a wwe premium live event for 78 like figure it out it's it's absurd it's wild and we're here now like this is the reality this is the world like everything that phil's gonna tell you about how what a draw he is let's talk after labor day phil because college football ain't what it was last time they tried Saturday wrestling. College football is a multi-billion dollar industry that's not run by the NCAA anymore. It's run by these TV networks. And everyone's like, oh, we'll get a fair shot. Why would they fight fair? What what does, what what impetus do they have to for a fair fight? Fair fights are for suckers. Sign a winner. Like, that's the shit we're about to see. Mm-hmm. And and you look at the big the big games you're gonna have on Saturdays. The only thing that works in their favor with Collision, much like you mentioned the failed attempt 
in the mid-2000s with WWE because of the writer's strike, because of potential Screen Actors Guild strike, and because of the incompetence of their CEO. They don't have the money to really buy new content, and so AEW is kind of doing them a solid. Yeah, and everyone's, about to, everyone's about to lean on their live sports, and you're going to get in a fist fight with college football on Saturday nights? Well, that's also the mistake of the boss because yeah. Tony's already said, I don't want to compete with the, the thing that makes me money. Like, that's the thing. He's he's He can be a little uh, lenient until it's time. Like, I'm not going up against the NFL. You you mean you want me to mess with my inheritance? Are you stupid? Did you just get here? Do you see what the name I have over there? Because he could have said we can't do Saturdays because the Premier League's on Saturday. Did he ain't say that? Nope. He's yeah, like, I think that's the other thing about with a lot of the, the things that come out of All Elite Wrestling is that the, the the saying of one thing and the doing of another is so explicit mm-hmm. <laughs> and unavoidable and and you can't even like hand wave around it just like hey man you know we can see you right like we're yeah. we're still here like you can't just say this thing and pretend like they'll never ask this question again of course we're gonna ask the follow-up question of course we're gonna ask where all this is going and i'll tell you right now um right now it's going to forbidden door and Okada Bryan's get me in, get, got my money. You got me. You got me. Ah, you win. Mm-hmm. Okada Bryan, fine. Kenny and 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 Will again. Oh no, not, no, not that. Like I'm fine. Like it's great. I think MJF doesn't does a no show. Uh, for is it Tanahashi supposed to wrestle? Yep. Mm-hmm. Get ready for get ready for Phil to uh, write himself into that spot. I'm not showing up. I, I'm MJF. It's a mid promotion. It's a and that's when CM Punk gets to try to get to become a babyface in places that aren't in Illinois. And we'll see how that goes. Yep. He's gonna and he'll now, get to pull out the I, bag. My bet is he announces it tonight. He reaches in the bag, pulls the title, and says, Tanahashi, you want a shot at a title? Here we go. And then we're eventually building to the unification bout, probably it all out. But all in, my money is on. We're all getting worked. Elite versus FT, CMFTR, which doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. It, like it just—I don't know why we're doing this. And like, I get why, because Tony needs to recoup some of this money, and, and Discovery's put a lot of money into it. But in a perfect world, there'd be no people trying to visit a shipwreck, and there'd be no attempts to fight college football on Saturdays. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in the world we've got. Rich man, tell everyone where they can find all of your wonderful insight into not just professional wrestling, but the world around us. Yeah, sure. So home base is uh, always the torch, pwtorch.com. You can go VIP or you can probably every three weeks hear me for free on the uh, main feed there. If you search Pro Wrestling Torch, you'll probably see the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'll be on there, like I said, every three weeks. But on the VIP side, I do three shows, The Deep Dive with Rich Fan and Will Cooling with myself and my buddy across the pond, Will Cooling, talk wrestling, life, politics, all that stuff. East Coast Cast, where I started with Travis Bryant and and uh, the superstar that is uh, Cameron Hawkins. Um, can, we, can we say his name without getting fined? Hey, hmm. I have to say Seahawk because a lot of people now, like, they don't know his real name. So they're just like, Seahawk told me to do it. He, he, he's kind of like lawyers that. are listening. This is, all, this is all kind things we said. We said the mean stuff before the show. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're good. And then we have, uh, last but not least, everything with Rich and Wade Keller. Every week we talk about the topics du jour. And last but certainly not least, when I try to step out in addition to hopping over here on the MTR network, uh, I also work with Poach Wrestling 
where uh, this next month or six, seven weeks, I'll be doing uh, their MCU Later podcast, where I'll be hosting and talking through Secret Invasion. And I will have this fine gentleman on with me whenever he and the family allows. You let me you let me know I'm there. I think we might be doing something Secret Invasion over here at UD Pod because I'm not sure we have actual plans on the larger network. So watch this space if you're into the MCU. You guys know I'm a nerd. You guys know I've infected my poor, poor wife. And we're probably going to infect this child with all the MCU nerddom. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.